Welcome to the How I Became podcast, all about entrepreneurship. Let's get into it. Whenever we're ready to go. Okay. All right, let's do it. Well, welcome to my podcast. Hi, Kelly. First episode. Thank you for being on with me. Such an honor to be your first guest. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, So, of course, it's all things entrepreneurs, startup, uh, and I want to delve into the entire ecosystem. So, whatever part you play in being part of the startup world, which I know that you kind of tackled a bunch of different ways of ways of being a part of the startup mm-hmm. space. I'm excited. So I want to give you a chance to kind of introduce yourself, your journey, um, what's not on your LinkedIn page that you would want people to know about you, and then we'll dive deep into all the different elements. Awesome. That sounds great. Okay. So I'm Samia, as you know, yes. and I, by profession, I am a marketer and I've worked in many different industries from tech to telco, and I'm also a new amateur content creator. Yeah. <laughs> and along with that, my most recent role has been becoming a mom. So I'm on mat leave right now. I've been on mat leave for a year now. I ended up extending to 18 months because I'm just really enjoying this time. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. And I don't know. That's that's perfect. Um, So as a marketer um, and you started more uh, at Bell in the corporate world Mm -hmm. um, and then also had some entrepreneurship through it. So when you had, um, was it Fresh Fashion? Yeah. So was that at the same time as working? So how did you decide one to get into entrepreneurship and balance the two of working like a big corporate job, but also having entrepreneurship on the side yeah that's a really good question I think um to your first question one thing that's maybe not included in my LinkedIn profile Mm -hmm. is I mean obviously LinkedIn is not designed for this kind of information but I do come from an immigrant family and I come from uh you know parents and my dad specifically who had a very much of an entrepreneurial spirit and he had his own businesses back home and so I feel like that was kind of ingrained in me and those kind of values and hustling and that grit was always ingrained in me from the very beginning. So I always wanted to pursue something that was a bit of a passion project that was my own baby. That's something that I built and I created. And I decided to start uh, a business with a friend of mine called Fresh Fashion Library while I was still working. You know, I still obviously needed the money to (laughs) sustain a lifestyle. And uh, so I decided to kind of pursue it as a side hustle and a passion project. And essentially what Fresh Fashion Library was, uh, was that a library for clothing. And so our primary value and, you know, vision was to have more sustainable fashion. We were kind of tired of the fast fashion life and we wanted to encourage fast fashion by giving people the ability to lend or borrow their clothes, similar to like a library concept, but for fashion. And so pursuing that with my friend was a lot of fun and you know, we were doing it on the side as a as a business and we really enjoyed it. And how did you okay, so I have a million questions yeah. that are coming out of this, but um you went at it as a co founder. So curious how you decided maybe it was just the two of you chatting and you came up with a business idea, mm-hmm. or were you um like looking to do something with a partner versus doing something on your own? Yeah. I think for me it the motivation was definitely to do it with a friend or a partner because I really enjoy that partnership aspect of running a business. Um, Yeah. And so for me, it was like, yeah, sitting down with a friend and we literally brainstormed a bunch of ideas and then we would research a bunch of ideas. 
many of them already existed. Yeah. Um, some of them didn't, but we understood why they don't maybe because just it just it wasn't the right sense. time, didn't make sense. And so we came up with this idea and then we just decided to go for it. And I wouldn't, I, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if it wasn't with very lonely. One of my friends. Yeah, it's a very own. lonely journey for so sure. I'll come back to the lonely bit, but on, you said when you were doing your research that you'd see ideas that already existed. So mm -hmm. maybe that crossed those off the list. Um, is that a hard no in entrepreneurship if there is already an existing product or, you know, business to then not move into that space? And how did you guys decide we want something that's completely new and innovative versus building mm -hmm. on something that already exists or making a better version yeah. of that product? Yeah, that's really good question. I, I don't think that's a hard no because I feel like now in today's day and age, it's really hard to come up with completely new and revolutionary ideas generally solutions exist but yeah. maybe it's not the best solution or maybe you know you have a different take on it and you're catering to a slightly different audience and a slightly different problem area within that same solution space yeah. so similar to our idea it wasn't a completely revolutionary idea there were other companies that were offering rental services for clothing yeah. and some companies that had actually seen a lot of success um, but we still saw that there was a bit of a missed opportunity specifically in our local community and so we really wanted to capitalize on that and and build something that we felt was more authentic to to us i love it and um what was the evolution of that business and where like from where it started is it still operational or what was your journey within it yeah uh it, I, honestly i think like many businesses it was a bittersweet journey okay there were lots of highs and lows the beginnings were really fun, really exciting, and and then you know it went through multiple transitions. So I actually changed co-founders as well. I, I started it with one friend, and he moved on to other opportunities. And then another friend of mine joined, and you know we felt like we really had a similar vision for the future of it and the next phase of it. So I you know continued to work on it with a, a different friend and both of those experience I look at very differently because it was almost a very different product that we were working on but again with the same kind of foundational values and um, problem area that we were solving so yeah lots of highs and lows but um, you know I think with entrepreneurship you just learn so much the learnings are so invaluable totally. you don't get that kind of learning working no. in a small team on a specialized role within a corporate capacity no. So I, I do look at it very fondly, but of course there were highs and lows like any other business. And in some of those lows, I'm sure you lose motivation. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we can pull this thread of motivation through like every element of um, what we'll talk about. But how did you um, decide when to keep going or when it was time to move on? Yeah, I think I, I definitely kept it going for a while. I, I want to say we I, I stuck with it for about two years. Yeah. And... Yeah, throughout that time, there were so many changes that we faced uh, industry-wise. You know, we had a lot of really great wins as well. We were part of an accelerator program. We joined a, a community as well. We were hosting events. We opened a boutique. We had our online presence. So lots of really great yeah. accomplishments that happened during that time. But I think for me, the decision to stop pursuing it further was, you know, I think with any with anything, you know, you should look at various different things in your life. But for me, I, I really looked at, okay, do I want to go the, at it full force now? Do I really want to give it my all yeah. and pursue this full time? Or 
is this not the path for me anymore? I knew that I didn't want to keep doing it on the side. So it was either all or nothing. And the reason why I felt that was because I didn't feel like the business was, you know, we were starting to break even, but we weren't really getting a huge return on on our investment. So I felt like if I'm not giving this my full, then we're never really going to get there. But then my question was, if I do give it my full, are we, is it, is it going to get there? Does it have that opportunity? And how do you make that assessment? Because ultimately... Yeah, ultimately, I decided to leave and pursue another opportunity. I joined Shopify. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, again, the decision, I I looked at two factors. So one was looking at my doing a bit of an opportunity assessment of the business. So what are the prospects? And, you know, what is the number that I would be comfortable with quitting my job full time? And that number is different for everybody. But, you know, what is that number for me? And do I see us hitting that number maybe in the next six months, one year? And... I felt like there were a lot of kind of complications and logistics required in that business. And I wasn't sure if, you know, we, we had it in us, to be honest. And then there were personal factors as well. So, you know, you have to look at, okay, what, what do my personal finances look like? Do I have enough savings in my account, especially if you're bootstrapping it? Do I have enough savings in my account to give me the lead time I need to get yeah. to that opportunity? And we might have gotten to that opportunity maybe in a year, but do I have enough savings in my account or am I going to run out within three months and then be desperate to find a job and make ends meet? So doing a bit of a personal assessment, obviously factoring in life situations as well. Back then, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a kid. I wasn't married, so I didn't really have that many dependencies. So that wasn't a huge factor, but you know, in today's world, that would be a factor. So ultimately based on kind of those factors, I decided that this is not the right time for me to, continue down this path yep. and along with that you know Shopify's opportunity came up and I felt like okay if I'm not going to be pursuing my own business at this time I want to be working at a company that's supporting other entrepreneurs okay. so it just felt like the perfect fit and how do you I know you still had other entrepreneurial things that you worked on throughout Shopify as well but mm-hmm. joining Shopify gives you a totally dif- different perspective into the world of founders and entrepreneurship yeah. um so did that fulfill that itch that you like got handed down to you from your dad and what was that experience and your exposure to small businesses from yeah I think in general working at a company like Shopify you have at your disposal so much inspiration you know what I mean like you we have access to so many stories and human stories of entrepreneurs really working hard to to make their passions and their dreams a reality. But that being said, we are, you know, we find ourselves sometimes just getting really caught up in the day to day and our individual team. And we kind of work with our heads down and we sometimes lose sight of that. And I found that that happened to me too. At one point that was starting to happen where I was just focused on the meetings and the processes and the work. And it really, I think, required me to take a step back and take some time to just disconnect and listen to some calls or talk to some merchants or even just read their stories check becoming out their merchant website. obsessed again and reintroduce exactly them. yeah and I think that really helps to drive that fulfillment and inspiration and kind of you know hit, to your point I touch that yeah itch that sounds really <laughs> I don't like that phrase I like that either no 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 yeah I think I think once you get re-inspired and re-obsessed with merchants, 
that's when that entrepreneurial that's when I really got my entrepreneurial fix again but yeah. if you stay disconnected and if you just stay focused on the day-to-day then you do lose sight of that was there um big themes that you saw um because you're exposed to a lot of entrepreneurs and founders and ones that grow rapidly and really see success and ones that try it out and and don't pursue it so mm-hmm. what are some of the themes that you see as you know, hopefully um, some of the listeners to the podcast end up being aspirational entrepreneurs or people who have already, you know, stepped into the world or maybe people that are already in VCs or scaling. But what are what are those themes that you've seen through your experience, both at Shopify or having your own um, business that um, is important for entrepreneurs to know, whether it's about motivation or um, finances or just whatever it is, yeah. but what are those themes that, that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, I think finances help regardless of, I mean, no matter what, money is great. You know, (laughs) money helps in life. Turn that down. For sure. But I think beyond that, some of the more um, intrinsic things I would say, the first is having a support system, a community, because like we talked about, entrepreneurship can get very lonely and not everybody has a co-founder or a partner that they work with. So leaning in to the entrepreneurial community is really important. Uh, just so you can really share those highs and lows with other people and feel like you're not so alone in this journey. Um, And then I would say the other thing is uh, having a growth mindset. Again, this I think can apply in any aspect of life as well. But um, when I say growth mindset specifically for entrepreneurship, it's not being so attached and married to your maybe the first solution that you came up with because as you delve into you know the world of entrepreneurship you'll realize you need to pivot and adapt and experiment and learn and grow to make sure that you actually come up with a product and end product that's viable and there's really no such thing as in my opinion an end product even if you have a really amazing successful product you continue you need to continue to evolve it and adapt it to the changing needs of your customers so just having that growth mindset and then investing in your learning as well right that's also part of having a growth mindset because entrepreneurship requires wearing multiple hats and we know that we're not all we don't all come wearing multiple hats naturally so investing in courses and taking time to learn about areas that maybe you're not interested or areas that you're not an expert on so if you don't know much about marketing or if you don't know much about developing or analytics like invest in those areas because that's really going to help you level up your business so three questions for me that come out of it so the Mm -hmm. first I'll, I'll name the three and you answer yeah. them as you please. So the community element that you mentioned, tactically, where do you find those communities and how do you get involved in them if you're looking for it? Mm-hmm. Um, the education, where, so two parts on that, where do you find that education? So I know for myself, I use BrainStation and I took some courses there or Reforge was another great resource. Mm-hmm. Expensive, but it comes with the, the price of learning. So yeah. I'm sure there's free resources out there, but curious your take on that. And then on that education piece, if you're not ex- an expert and you are wearing a thousand hats, at what point do you say, I'm going to focus on this key, key area because that's my area of expertise mm-hmm. and I'm going to find a freelancer or maybe you're at a point that you can hire someone. So where do you where do you make that decision that, of course, always continue to learn, but maybe you're actually doing your business a disservice by putting efforts into like for myself finances? I yeah. just wouldn't make sense for me. Yeah. And, and that's a hard one, too, because. Um, I'll actually I'll answer your question from the big uh, first one to yeah so the first one tactically where do you find that community I think it 
you know, we're, we're lucky now that there are so many online resources available and you, you might be able to find a virtual community, but specifically in Toronto, which is where we live, there's a lot of events that happen. The one that I used to go to a lot back when I had um, Fresh was TechTO, where it was just a good time to hear other entrepreneurs' stories and also connect with other people, expand my network. And and some of those relationships I've still maintained even up until now. So so that's been really nice. Yeah, definitely events. Um, Where else? I would say, honestly, even just lean into your friends and family and your colleagues, like reach out to them because... You'd be surprised to hear how many people are actually working on some type of a side hustle or a project that you just didn't know about. So leaning in on that, reaching out, I think is always nice. And I know that we don't always have the time for that, especially yeah. if you're running your own business. But especially during the time where, where you're lacking motivation and you just yeah, don't have the, the energy or the capacity to work on your business, use that time to get reconnected with people and, and that will get you re-inspired. So that's on the community okay. side. Yeah. And then... Education wise, yeah, similar to you, I think BrainStation is a great option. Um, there's like Reforce, so there's a lot of like paid options like that. There's uh, Udemy as well, which has a plethora of different types of specialties and courses. And I've used Udemy in the past as well. You can get certification or there's non-certified courses as well. And then honestly, YouTube. There's so much free content on yeah. YouTube and you can literally learn anything within five minutes by just putting on a YouTube video. Yeah. So uh, you may not get certified for it, but at least you have that knowledge. So yeah, definitely recommend that. And then your last. So when you're going to pivot between um, putting the effort in yourself to learn a new skill and then execute against that for your business versus um, bringing in external support for a certain area of your business. Yeah. And that's a hard one because I feel like if you are a founder, you want to do everything yourself and, you know, you may feel like you have the perfect way of doing something and you have a certain way of doing doing something that maybe someone else is not going to be able to achieve. But at some point, you do have to let, go. let that go. Yeah, because your time can be spent better on coming up with a roadmap, a strategy and really having a more visionary outlook on your business rather than focusing on the nitty-gritty because the nitty-gritty in the grand scheme of things is is not worth totally your time now that being said obviously not everyone has the financial means to outsource especially initially but when you're at a point where you feel like you do have some financial flexibility and you feel like your time can be better spent on other things then let go of some of that control and it'll be hard at first, but it'll be so worth your time because yeah. you'll be able to really take your product to the next level yeah. or service. Yeah, I agree. I think um, even with my work with with founders, um, and you, you, you use the word, like, it is their baby. It's everything yeah. to them. So you want everything to be done perfectly, but sometimes that comes at a fault of letting, yeah, like, holding on to it all and not letting mm-hmm. else, anyone else come into the circle with you. But yeah. Um, one, it helps relieve a little bit of that loneliness. You have someone else to talk through and hopefully someone to challenge you as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to, um, get you thinking about things in a different way. Absolutely. Or give you time to think about it. Cause you're not trying to struggle on something that's just like not For sure. something you're good at or something you like or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I want to talk about, um, a bit of your transition. So you had, um, a few different 
um, ventures that you've worked on. And now you've kind of taken that entrepreneurial spirit and you're doing content creation. Mm -hmm. So what was your inspiration behind starting your podcast? And how did you decide to do that versus starting like a more traditional business um, coming, you know, while you're on mat leave? And I'm sure we'll expand um, afterwards as well. Yeah, Uh, I, I would say I still have an itch for a more conventional business. But I don't want to jump into anything. I, I want to have the right idea okay. come to me. So I'm, yeah, that's why that hasn't happened. Content creation is something I've always been curious about. And specifically hearing about people's career journeys and their life stories has always been something I've been nosy about. And, you know, you can only get so much from a LinkedIn profile. But I really like to get personal and hear about the different decision points that they made, the life choices that they made to get to where they are. So that was something that was always kind of in the back of my mind. And if you speak to some of my other friends, they'll tell you that, oh, you've talked about this idea like years ago. Interesting. Okay. And then being on mat leave, you know, the first six months, I was just heads down, you know, really embracing my new role and figuring out how am I a mom and yeah, how do I that become is a good mom. in itself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, you're running your baby instead of your business. <laughs> So really focused on that. Um, And then after six months, I I felt like, okay, I'm somewhat settled. You know, there's still days when I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but felt a little bit more settled into the role. And um, while I was more settled into that role, I felt very disconnected from the rest of the world. I had no idea what's going on in my friends and colleagues' lives and in the world in general. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I really want to start to get reconnected and make an intentional effort to reach out to people and learn about what they're doing right now. And while I was doing that, I figured, hey, why not film these excuse. sessions? Yeah, yeah. why not film these sessions and, you know, tap into learning a new skill about making content, video editing. And I asked a couple of friends to start with and they agreed. And here we are. <laughs> and have you found um, learning from this that you can apply to an entrepreneur? Like, a, you know, that entrepreneurial business that you want to start in the future? And what are some of those learnings? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, you can really look at look at it as like running a business, right? There's, I, I don't want to say customer acquisition, but there is like that outreach uh, that you have to ask people, hey, do you want to film a video with me? And that was always really awkward for me in the beginning. But, you know, it's something that's I'm getting better at now. So there's like that acquisition piece. And then there's running the business or running the show, which is, actually filming these videos and and there's always that growth mindset that's required because I feel like I'm learning a new skill all the time of like learning about equipment and tech setup learning how to edit a video and when I first started I had no idea what I was doing so you know even just the progress of me in uh, an hour you're gonna do great you have a learner's mindset so I have no doubt you're gonna crush it but you know there is that learning curve in the beginning and then you kind of start to stabilize but then you have to figure out okay how do I keep growing from this and what's next so yeah I think there's it you definitely have to think of it like a business and then okay figuring out this is where I'm at right now is figuring out okay how do I level up and how do I invest in maybe some marketing and really taking this to the next level and what is what is the next level or what's the goal for the podcast yeah that's something I feel like I'm reflecting on right now because I really just started it as hey it's a fun way for me to reconnect and learn a new skill about you know making videos and editing videos so now I'm like okay it's been fun and it's still fun but do I want to set the bar even higher now and 
maybe try to grow my channel and you know uh, look at start looking at my analytics so that's kind of where i'm at right now i'm really assessing the analytics to see what some of the trends are and what i can do to invest in potentially some marketing to grow it and then how do i want to expand or um, pivot my content as well so it's very much been kind of like an interview style and i'm talking to people about their career journeys but are there other opportunities that i can also tackle with this and then are there other mediums that i want to uh, look into so right now I've just been doing YouTube but there's many other content mm -hmm. platforms like Spotify podcast and even like in-person events so it's just something I'm starting to think about but no concrete goals yet I mean that is a business in itself like you're thinking you're you've kind of done that bootstrappy early uh, testing the waters and it's like yeah. hey do I want to turn this into something bigger what are some of the, what's some of the frameworks or you're thinking through of is it do you want to do marketing does marketing make sense before you do expansion into other like spotify or apple podcast or whatever like mm -hmm. how are you thinking through that growth element of it because i think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck is like okay i was putzing around and i did something fun but now it's time to like do something with it and i'm not yeah. sure if i'm ready so how are you yeah i think and this goes back to i feel like some of the work that we did back in our team at Shopify yeah. it's coming up brainstorming basically a list a laundry list of ideas and things that I should and could be doing yeah and then ranking that list you know of applying maybe like an ice framework and really looking at okay what do I want to prioritize because my number one goal and priority right now in this time is obviously just being present with my baby so I mm -hmm. don't want anything to take away from that now, when I end my mat leave, you know, that might change my prior priorities might be a little bit different. But right now, that is my number one priority. So I really have to be um, intentional with what I choose to invest my time in when it comes to growing the channel. So I'll come up with a brainstorm list and I have that, but I'm not going to be able to tackle all of it no. at once. It's it's uh, also one of the common themes that you see is this like lack of focus, but it's you have to start with what is the whole ocean that I want to boil. Okay, yeah. what is the puddle now that I can actually tackle because exactly. yes you also are raising a child and there's other things going on so you have to figure out that like prioritization yeah and I, I feel like having a kid forces you to have ruthless prioritization so right now you know I think for me the next step the baseline is continue to film the content and have that once a week consistency and I really want to maintain that and stick to it and then the next step for me is okay making sure that my content is available on all the channels possible so that's i think what i'm prioritizing next okay and then i'll start thinking about marketing and again with marketing it's such a big bucket of things that you totally. could be like doing that right itself needs to have it exactly so that's a broad category and within that there's subcategories of ideas that i've brainstormed yeah. that i'll start to kind of rank rank and prioritize i mean the cool thing and i talk to founders about this all the time is just get behind the camera and talk about your business and talk about what you're doing and mm -hmm. bring that business persona to life for your audience to see yeah. but your business is doing that so you kind of like have one check mark but then it's <laughs> obviously there's a there's a lot more behind it but i think getting behind the camera uh, for a lot of founders is really difficult because that's not what they're comfortable doing. Yeah. They're comfortable building, um, but it makes all the difference to mm -hmm. um, just have that like relationship and that that connection to your audience. For sure. Yeah, it, it is hard. It's still hard for me as well. And I'm sure for you I know, too. I know I like, want to be like this the yeah. whole time. <laughs> it's like really pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and your natural element like off 
camera but like i just don't know how reality stars live life knowing that there's cameras on them but i guess they're a very different dna and personality to even go totally. on a reality show but yeah it's hard um okay so i have my final four questions for mm-hmm. you nothing like tricky or difficult um the first one is about um when you i mean being part of uh shopify and being very embedded into the startup world i'm sure you have your eyes on a few like, either startups who have successfully grown or that are just starting up but who's who do you look to as startups that are inspirational or very cool um and mm. it can be any industry yeah um i feel like i again really look to my own circle to get a lot of that inspiration and uh you know i have a couple of friends who are working on really exciting startups and i'll mention stella she's where she's yeah. been working on mave which is a travel app and it's really revolutionizing our experience uh when we travel so i'm really excited about get her on this you sure. definitely do yeah. yeah and i'm just really excited to see the progress that she's made so far again completely bootstrapping it on yeah. her own um obviously she's been able to like recruit some people who've been helping her as well but yeah, I'm just really excited to see what she'll accomplish. That one is really cool because it came, she talked about mm-hmm. travel. She loved travel. She talked about it forever and then like yeah. brought, saw from a passion, saw a gap in the market and then created a solution for that, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And I think she really took the opportunity of something that's not always pleasant to go through, which is a layoff. And she used that time to invest in her, in her dreams. So I think that's, again, a beautiful story as well. And again, it's one of those things that, you know, on her LinkedIn, you might see Shopify and then Maeve, but you don't see what led to that transition and how that came about. So that's, yeah, it's been really inspiring to see that. That's a great one. Okay. Question number two, um, as an entrepreneur, we're told a million different things. Um, what one for me that I like heard in those circles of communities that you're in is um, how little sleep everyone is getting. Mm-hmm. So it's a myth to me that if you're an entrepreneur, you have to have sleepless nights. I just don't think that's true. So curious to hear your thoughts on some myths that you've heard as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. that um, aren't true or that if you are an uh, aspiring entrepreneur or even in the journey, you don't need to do this to be successful. Mm. That's a really good one. Yeah, I think the sleepless nights is a really good one the whole i think and i would just expand on that is the whole piece about balance in your life now there will be periods in your entrepreneurship journey where you will obviously be giving way more time to work than anything else in your life and that's part of the process but it doesn't have to be yeah and i think we're seeing more and more businesses now really embrace balance and really promote positive health and making sure that you're continuing to take time for yourself and your mental health because again when you do that you do show up better for your business as well so it's kind of a win-win for both you personally and for your business so yeah i would just expand on on the point that you mentioned love it and then the last one so my podcast is how i became Mm -hmm. so it can be how you became anything um but we just kind of like went over i mean like this much of your journey but talk through it um and if you were to name this podcast for yourself how you became what mm. title would you give yourself that is where really do you present. feel present wow I, yeah I, I mean I feel like as humans we have we play so many different roles and there's so many different facets to us so it's tough to pick one word I would say in my very current 
state. Currently sitting, drinking your coffee, yeah. wrapping this podcast up. Yeah, how I became, I would say, re-inspired or reignited just, you know, because like I mentioned, there was a period where I felt pretty disconnected from the rest of the world. Again, I was, I felt like I was thriving in one aspect of my life, which is motherhood, and I was really enjoying that, but I didn't feel whole because I felt like other parts of my life were missing. So yeah, how I just became re-inspired. I love it. Yeah. That's perfect. Okay, that's everything. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on. This was so fun, Kelly. I'm so happy. I'm so happy one that down. you're doing this. One down, <laughs> many to go. go. Exactly. <laughs>